Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 7, Connor. The heavy numbness of his hand dragged him out of sleep. Although Connor was on the second story of the coaching house, far from the rain-laden ground, the spirit mother could still warn him of danger. Bleary-eyed, Connor lifted his eyelids and noticed the door had been left ajar. Grunting softly, stiff from his awkward sleeping position on the Chesterfield, he sat up. He was uncomfortable wearing his new silk shirt and fitted trousers, but Riona had been right. He couldn't remain in his soggy clothes. She had even shoved into one of the new frocks during a moment of lucidity and had dove back into the depths of unconsciousness. Olivin had obsessed over his new purchases before settling into the chair, which he'd moved closer to the door but now he was nowhere to be seen. Downstairs, Connor noted the soft rumblings of late guests and the sound of dice rolling across wooden tables, though the din had died considerably since he'd fallen asleep. He didn't hear Olivin. Perhaps he had gone outside to the privy. Rubbing his arm, the numbness abated as he crept to the door and peered into the hallway. Two flickering candlelit wall lanterns lined this section of the corridor. Outside, through the window on the balcony door, the void blackness of the night. It had to be at least midnight, if not later. Just as he was about to retire once more to the Chesterfield, the door to the Islander gentleman's room creaked open, and someone who was not the Islander emerged. The shadow's gaze lingered over his shoulder, as if afraid to leave something valuable behind. For a long moment, Connor considered returning to his makeshift sleeping spot in peace. After all, it wasn't his business who the islander was entertaining in the middle of the night. Drawing attention to himself was the last thing they needed. Attracting negative attention from the islander would be doubly unpleasant. Connor dreaded hearing his father's familiar lilting accent through a stranger in the night. And yet, doing nothing was all he had ever done, all that was ever expected of him, until Riona had arrived. His parents had sheltered him from the world, from their past. All he'd had were books and stories to fill the yawning gaps in his hungry expanse of an existence. He steeled himself and stepped further into the corridor. Something wasn't right. 
The islander had been coughing up a lung earlier and had since fallen silent. The man who had emerged from the room carried no large bags, was dressed in tatters, and smelled like he had been sleeping in the forest for days. Hey, Connor called. A toothy grin spread across the man's face, and Connor realized with horror that he recognized the scoundrel. The large scar running down his left cheek, continuing down to his neck, had been similarly imprinted on Connor's brain. A dirty cloth had been wrapped around his temples, from where he'd hit his head during their fight in the woods, for he was one of the bloodthirsty scavs who had attacked them the previous evening. "'You,' said the scarred bandit in his deep, playful voice. Glancing quickly between the door and Connor, the scav decided to leave no witnesses to whatever dastardly business he had conducted, and charged down the hallway at Connor. Connor had not thought this far ahead. All he could fixate on was the scav's bloody knife in a white-knuckled grip. He reacted instinctively. Magic shot up through him, along with a terrified scream. The scav raised his knife. Connor felt outside of himself as his magic launched him backward defensively. The knife tore at his new shirt as he fell flat on his back with a loud thump. He was prone and vulnerable. Get up, he thought. He was supposed to be a steadfast wielder, not a clumsy idiot. The scav straddled Connor, muttering, but Connor kicked the scoundrel hard in the shins and shimmied out of reach across the wooden floor. Think of a spell. The light spell. The balcony door at the end of the hallway opened and shut as Connor scrambled to his feet and the scav lunged for him. Over the madman's shoulder, Connor glimpsed Olivin barreling towards them, his sword awkwardly drawn and raised with a triumphant battle cry. Hey, remember me? Distracted, the scav turned. Both Connor and the scav leapt out of the way as Olivin swung his sword confidently in the narrow hallway. But his stance had been all wrong, and he'd misjudged the force of the blow. The blade slammed into the wall, wedged tight. Grinning, the scav knew he was outnumbered. He threw the knife in Connor's direction, scurried around Olivin as he attempted to free his sword, and hurried out the balcony door. Panting from the stress, Connor started after the scarred scoundrel and accidentally kicked the knife. It slid across the floor, closer to the islander's bedroom, which was alluringly ajar and quiet within. Don't worry, I got him, Olivin said. He quickly freed his sword, darted deftly around Connor, and scurried out the balcony door. Wait for me, Connor called uselessly after his friend and bent down to pick up the bloody knife the scav had left. The blood had dripped everywhere. It had even stained the handle. Gasping, he recoiled and the knife tumbled back to the dirtied inn floor. He stared down at his hands and back to the islander's room waited in place by his spiraling imagination, the smell of the mud the intruder had tracked in, and the oppressive ringing in his ears. 
He could not bear to go in. He couldn't. Not again. He couldn't take it. He braced himself on the wall, shaking. His parents hadn't bled, because there hadn't been any bodies. They had burnt to a crisp, because he had done nothing. Another wave of hot magic bubbled in his feet, surging up his limbs and manifesting as thin white lines of smoke, frying the blood staining his palms. Then, thunder, movement. Imperial guards emerged like angry ants from the stairwell. A middle-aged lieutenant barked orders, her voice cutting through the narrow wooden hallway and into Connor's bones. They were not like the Imperials stationed around Ashdown. These Imperials wore breastplates outlined with gold. Their trousers had been pressed and cleaned. The only grime on them stemmed from their boots, which were caked with mud and the stench of the nearby marsh. Instinctively, he turned away and careened towards his room, hoping against all odds that somehow they wouldn't see him, that they'd think him just an innocent son of an islander wandering the inn at night, and not a young man wanted for heinous crimes. The imperial lieutenant sized him up sharply. Catch him! The room! Prepare for magic! She knocked and let loose each command in quick succession. One Imperial, an older woman with pockmarked skin and a crossed eye, soared out the balcony door. Two other Imperials, one haughty and eagle-eyed, the other odorous and grinning maniacally, pushed by Connor. They bolted into the room where Riona was still unconscious, as if searching for treasure. No! Connor tried to stop the guards, yet two sets of large hands yanked him backward to the floor. Two pairs of muddy boots pinned him down. They must have come up the other set of stairs on the other side of the story. The two Imperials were not much older than Connor himself. One a steely-faced man with tied-back hair and the other a bald woman covered in scars. He noted the scar on her hand. Long, deep, unhealed. He sank into it, the image forever branded in his mind, as he thrashed against the weight on his chest, flicking droplets of blood, covering the hallway with what looked like bits of red paint. His body flushed from the heat of his magic. It wouldn't be his will, but it would be inevitable that the force of the blow swelling within him would incinerate them all, including Riona. No, he said softly, his cheeks smoldering with effort to control himself. The two guards pulled him upright suddenly to face the approaching lieutenant. Her long, gaunt face, exaggerated by the hanging lantern shadows, brightened at the sight of this apparent surrender, as if she'd been given the most exquisite gift. Connor's insides curdled. The only imperial he had real experience with was Galen Stovall, Oliven's father. He'd seen this cavalier look before on him when he regaled Connor's family, unprompted, with the odd story of triumph during the war. He only told the stories where he triumphed. I am Lieutenant Commander Waldona Wiggins Choate of the Southern Drazanian Legions, based here in Drahoven, the lieutenant said proudly, one thin hand carefully arranged on her hip. 
And you must be Connor Dunma of Ashdown? How did she know? She was fishing for a confession. No one could know his face here. N no he choked out, feeling the pain of the lie as plainly as the drying blood on his hands. Lieutenant Wiggins Choate of the Southern Jazanian Legions leaned in closer, scrutinizing him with a smile. What was that, Connor? Speak up! The pang in his stomach as she said his name was palpable. He stopped resisting the guards and hung his head, resolved to say nothing further. Beaming, the lieutenant looked at the other Imperials in turn and exclaimed, Yes, that's most certainly the Dunmot boy, as described. Now, the room, the room, Sergeant Kerr, the girl? The Imperial, with the air of an aristocrat, emerged from Connor's room and stood in the doorway hesitantly, his squinting gaze flitting from Connor's weakened state to further within the dark room. Uh, yes, Lieutenant, she's... The excitable lieutenant cut him off as she peeked within the room for herself. Oh yes, good, good, you stay. She pointed at Connor, as if he had submitted himself voluntarily to the Imperial's firm grips. Then, creeping into the room, she continued, Is that? I suppose it's Faye. Unconscious, said the other Imperial curiously from within the room. He could still hear her smiling inappropriately. She's a wielder, likely unlicensed, Choate said nervously. Just what we need. Her crimes are numerous. Arson, theft, murder, likely. Sergeant Kerr, you'll remain here to keep an eye on her. I'll send word to the Tower Inquisitors, said Kerr diplomatically, inclining his head. No! Choate expostulated so suddenly it startled Connor, and the two Imperials holding him mistook his shock for an escape attempt. They clamped down on him harder and smacked him upside the head. I mean, yes, I'll write the letter myself. A long way for them to come to deal with two young miscreants. Connor swallowed hard, tasting blood. Major crimes involving magic on the continent meant involving the tower. They would dispatch an inquisitor to assess the criminals, once apprehended, and sometimes decide their fate without trial. Choate was still talking. As long as she's unconscious, she's not going anywhere. As for this one, he's barely a threat. Let me guess, you're on your way to the capital for training? Her mouth widened and a laugh escaped like a belch in Connor's face. Connor shut his eyes against their incessant taunting and wished he too was unconscious in bed. Lieutenant! Called another Imperial urgently, this time from the Islander's room down the hallway. The much sought-after lieutenant pointed at Riona's bed from the threshold of the room and then dashed out of the way, slipping past Connor and the other Imperials holding him down and dove towards the Islander's room. She disappeared within, though her reactions could be heard throughout the establishment. Oh my, oh dear! Lieutenant? said one of the Imperials holding Connor down. They both seemed eager to help her, but more eager to follow her orders, whatever her whims may be. Lieutenant Choate re-emerged from the Islander's room, paler than when she'd gone in. She took in the bloodstains on the floor, the carelessly abandoned knife, and Connor's now drying, red-stained palms. 
Is he all right in there? Connor asked hoarsely, emptily feeling the question descend into a void from which there was no escape. The Imperial Lieutenant strode towards him solemnly, and then spun and strode away. Her guards gave her space as she paced the narrow hallway and talked as if dictating to a lecture hall. You have magical ability, but it wasn't enough to do the job. Or was it that you were unable to resist the mind that told you to commit the crime? Her gaze flitted again to the room where Riona lay unconscious. I, I, I didn't hurt anyone. Connor protested. There, there was a bandit who... Lieutenant choked, scoffed. Take him to the cells. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. The guards hoisted Connor up and dragged him backward to the opposite side of the story. No, no, th there was a man with a scar who came out of that room and we fought him and he escaped out that... The balcony door banged open and Olivan's voice and frantic footsteps stumbled inside. He nearly collapsed out of breath. Couldn't catch him. Connor? The Imperials did not take note of Oliver's appearance. Not at first. The ones lugging Connor away certainly didn't care about Oliver, calling to Connor as Connor raved to him to anyone who would listen to his protests of innocence. And they certainly didn't note Oliver because Choate had re-entered Riona's room and was barking orders at the Imperials within when suddenly she flew backward out of the room and crashed into the hallway. Her head hit the wall with a sickening thud. Sergeant Kerr hurried to her side when she didn't immediately rise. Connor felt the Imperials holding him slack their grip as they stopped moving, yet even Connor couldn't bring himself to run. His stomach churned and then turned once more when Choate, with the Imperials' help, sprung to her feet, more alert and on edge than before. The back of her helmet was dented from the impact. She shifted her weight quickly from one foot to the other, an eager dance for battle. The smell of roses emanated from the room and clouded the hallway with a scent so thick and sweet it tasted like a forbidden dessert. His eyes watered at the strength of it, and despite the strong arms dragging him away, that was when he broke free and lumbered back down the hallway towards the site of the commotion. One glimpse 
That was all he had of Riona unconscious in the bed, surrounded by a crescent moon-shaped translucent bubble. Connor blinked. The strong imperial arms gripped him once more. The magical shield around Riona vanished. Yet Connor felt it there still, lurking, waiting for another who would disturb her. A protective shield, sustained even in her weakened state. She was powerful. Olivin tried to approach the room, but was blocked by Choate, who intercepted the would-be Imperial with a firm yet gentle hand to his chest. "'Oh no, it's not safe. Stay back!' she said protectively, taking him by the shoulders and guiding him forcefully towards the balcony, away from Connor and away from Riona in the room. "'You let us handle this. You did very well!' she exclaimed, slapping him on the back. She seemed to think about hugging him and then changed her mind. Olivan had said he knew someone. Given Olivan's father's position, he could say that about a lot of people in positions of power. But to invite scrutiny above and beyond chest-thumping, to not only jeopardize their futures, but to put them in real danger as well, this was your plan? Connor demanded. Have us arrested so you could reap the rewards? No, no, I, I told them. You should have seen him march into my office, Choate said proudly. He was a young man on a mission. He chose well. You, however, chose poorly. She cast Connor an apologetic, cloudy look as she ambled towards him with Olivan in tow, like a sailor in choppy waters clinging to a piece of driftwood. Come, I'll ensure no one knows you were here tonight, staying in the same room as a murderer. I, I didn't, Connor protested, as the guards yanked him backward down the hallway again, away from Olivan, just as Olivan's loud, booming voice protested. Murder? What murder? He wouldn't. Let's go now. Choate insisted as they reached the balcony door. As the guards lugged Connor around the corner, he took in Olivan's scared, pale face as it dawned on the would-be Imperial what he had done. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.